All folks, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, and people around the world, welcome to this edition of the Situation Room with the big freaking cannoli Scotty Roberts and of course me, the emotional meatball Rocky Stucci broadcasting from an undisclosed location right here, Mojo 5 Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the program. How you doing? Oh, brother, I'm telling you, I am seeing for once. I don't want to jinx myself, but I'm actually starting to see the light, the pain. The pain is gone, brother. That's good. No, I got a little bit of swelling still, which is fine. I just had half my face ripped it's out. That's so noticeable. You probably just feel it. I, yeah. don't, I don't notice it so well. Oh, now right. I do when you point it out. Yeah. Well, compared to I what see, it was. You're, you're kind of like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's okay, though, bro. That's all right. Because compared to what it was, compared to what it is now, two completely different worlds. Two yep. completely different worlds. But so before we went live, folks, I told the cannoli, I says, I want to ask you something when we go live. And right away, he's like, uh-oh. Because usually, you know, I got some pretty crazy shit that I want to throw on the table. But but this is a serious question. So I was talking with uh, Danielle and James from the Stem Light Center. By the way, yeah. folks, if you want to get a stem cell shot, go to stemlightcenter.com, use code word HEAL, and you literally get $1,000 off your stem cell shot. That's nice. Um, I was talking with her about all of this, you know, because during the stem cell industry, during the healing industry, during the holistic world, um, and we were talking about the face. I was telling her about the whole month journey that I went on, and... She brought something up that really made me sit back and think. Now, be- before we continue with this, I want people to understand. I understand science. I understand the medical industry. I'm, I'm a first responder. I'm a firefighter. I'm a hazmat responder. Uh, I get that the body has disruptions, right? Whether it be teeth, whether it be stomach, what, no matter what it is, the body has disruptions that can be very logically, scientifically explained. But she said something, Scotty, that for some reason made me really kick this around. She brought up the fact that this could be a form of, let's say, spiritual warfare. Now, let me explain while I say Ah. this. This show has been doing really well, right? Um, We are within the top 103 different countries. I I can't even believe we're saying that, right? Um, We are gaining attention from some very substantial sponsors throughout the country. And I'm humbled to say that. And what she was referring to is that I believe we have a pretty good message here on this show. You know, we talk serious, we talk politics, but we also bring a form of, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say immaturity, but fun to this yeah. program. We like to have fun. And and I go so ADHD sometimes, I'm embarrassed of half the shit I do on this program, you know, but, but people enjoy it because we need to yeah. laugh through all this madness we live in in this world, right? You have to. But it's weird. Because when you really think about it, now put the medical stuff aside, right? The scientific stuff aside. There is a such thing as spiritual warfare. And it makes me question sometimes, are there forces out there that you believe? Now, right now, Jeff Doherty, he's on his back. He he is out. He can, I didn't know that. He chronically threw his back out, so he can't even walk. Oh, man. Um, he was down last weekend with Odyssey Radio. He was down at the Alien Con, had a great time. And so, you know, I wonder, are there forces out there, do you believe, that could try to knock you at the knees if you are truly and humbly trying to do good things? What is your thought on that? Yes, I believe that. Uh, at the same time, it's tough for me to talk about that because to say that there are forces that would want to knock you down would then tacitly have to be admitting that there are forces out there, uh, God, angels, demons, devils, everything in between. Um, So you would have to ask the question and answer the question for yourself. If I believe that is so, then I believe that there is a huge system in place that is out there. Um, Even when I do things like read tarot cards, if you give up one faith for another, you accept that something else out there is there, but you're putting that same, you're just exchanging that faith for a different object. So the question is, first of all, you have to ask yourself what you believe or who you believe in. And you take that and set it over here. I happen to believe that there are forces at play out there. 
I can't always define those, and I don't define those theologically the way I used to. But we used to say when I was in ministry, we said, uh, um, what was this a, a phrase? If you're if you're not having trouble with the devil, then he's got you right where he wants you. Um, and con- the converse was true. If you're if you're having trouble with the devil then you're resisting him. Now, that was from a theological point of view. If you're not having trouble with the devil, he's got you right where he wants you, and he's not worried about you. So when you're having trouble, I think when you're resisting certain things, when you're standing for certain things, when you're taking a stand on certain things, when you're making an impact somewhere, I think you'll get some spiritual resistance. Now, the big question is that you have to ask, you have to separate yourself from all of this stuff, push it way out there and go, who out there cares? Who cares what I'm doing? Um, does God care what I'm doing? Does some? Does the universe care what I'm doing? There has to be some personality involved for it to give a good GD about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so if you're getting resistance, who's resisting you? Right. And why are they resisting you? Um, I think it's, I think spiritual warfare is a real thing. You're going to be hard pressed to get a doctor to tell you that. Right. But, you know, because that's supposedly what we came out of with science. It was, uh, if you ever saw Steve Martin's Theodoric of York on the old Saturday night live where he played a medieval barber and the barbers back then were the ones who bled you. And they were the doctors and the surgeons and the physicians, but they were barbers. And that's where the red and white barbers pole came mm-hmm. from the bleeding and stuff like that. But so they would bring people into him and it was a comic relief thing, of course. And, uh, uh, well, what's, uh, what's the matter with him? You know, well, uh, she's anemic. He goes, well, let's bleed her a few pints and see what happens. And then he'd say, wait, he'd stop everyone. He'd say, wait. He said, we're no longer living in the dark ages. We should have advanced by now. And I don't have the script in front of me, but he'd say, why, back in the dark ages, we used to believe that it was a demon or a small toad living in her stomach that caused this ailment. Yeah. But now due to modern technology, we know it's a troll and, uh, you know, stuff like that. So here's the big question is, is what do you believe, do, and we supposedly advanced out of that darkness into modern medicine. And that's why I would find that somebody who's well acquainted with, or somebody in the medical field or the scientific field is going to, is going to poo poo all of that. No, there's nothing spiritual involved in it. Well, you know, so, so you bring up theology and, and so again, this is strictly conversation. This this has nothing to do. I'm not attacking anybody's belief system here. This is strictly conversation. Sure. You know, I, I question a lot of theological stuff once I got into the paranormal field. And, and you've heard me say the story a million times when I was working on that case with Devin, the eight-year-old child that was murdered. Yes. And yes. I got so angry because how could the soul of an innocent child be trapped here on earth? And, and then I questioned, where are these angels and where's... Where are all these spirits that we were taught theologically that were going to come and reach out and help us into the heavenly gates? You know, whatever it may be, right? right. Um, so another theory that you and I have had, or that we've at least conversed about, had a conversation about in the past, was in the spiritual realm, like some of the cases that we attend and some of the cases that we've worked, I've come to a conclusion that I believe that on the other side, that there are spiritual forces there's like a ranking system that there are some in charge, like at the Fernhill house. I believe there was something there that was fully in charge and there was a lot there, you know? So, you know, it just, there was one of those things where we say, we come up with more questions than answers. We're taught one thing. We're taught something biblical, no matter what region of this planet you come from, you're taught in a very specific system of religion. And as we grow and as we experience different things in life, we start coming up with more questions And why do we believe what we believe and how do we believe what we believe? Is it strictly because we were taught to believe it or you get what I'm saying? So through our spiritual journey, put the science stuff aside through our spiritual journey, I believe in one way or the other, 
all of us, you, Scotty, myself, the listeners, people around the world, are always up against some kind of spiritual warfare, even within the political arena. I mean, if you compare spiritualism to the political arena right now, our political arena has been saturated in darkness. It really has. Yes. It is It is medieval. It is psychotic. It is brutal. And the people that follow politics are sucked into that. And then those people that follow the politics become angry, become hateful, become spiteful. So, again, we can look at our political arena in a spiritual warfare sense. Are we constantly up against something spiritual, or are we specifically taught religiously one thing to make us not think about the spiritual warfare that we encounter every single day of our life? Right. Um, first thing I got to say, I got an t- awful twitch in my eye. I don't know if you can see it. You know how you get the little twitches like in a finger or something that goes... All day long, you know. Dude, are you stroking out, bro? No, it's since the start of this radio show today. Spiritual had, warfare, bro. My my lower eye, my own lower eyelid. It feels like you know if I were to exaggerate it, it feels like it's pushing it up on uh, into my eye, but it's it's just it's fluttering and it's driving me insane. Um, all right, so that's why I keep going well, like this. Honestly, dude, I think I'm getting sympathy pains. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, man. <laughs> nice. All right, go ahead, Roberts. Somebody's going to want to lick that, not me, though. So um, I think uh, this whole—I I don't even know where to begin on it because I'm—I'm I'm a bit adrift spiritually right now. Uh, I do know that there are spiritual elements out there. I've encountered them over and over again, but the things I've encountered—it's one of two things. It's either totally contradictory to what I ever learned theologically, or it's completely what I learned theologically, where I had somebody arguing with me a few weeks back about, um, uh, well, you know, all those ghosts are just demons mm-hmm. masquerading as people. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't buy that. Neither do I. Because there are tests you can, even the Bible itself said, you can test the spirits to see whether they are from God or not. And so I don't know exactly what to believe. It's either the Bible is exactly right, the theology is right in Christianity and all of that, Judeo-Christianity, and it's all demonic, it's all this and that, or it's the total opposite. It's something completely different. And I think I've seen enough stuff that somebody might look at me and say, well, do you think you're so smart that, that the devil can't deceive you into believing something? No, I don't think I'm that smart, but I do think that there are ways you can know if it is demonic or not. So what is the demonic then? You look at John Ward. What did he believe about the demonic? The demonic is actually a good thing. It could be something that could do good or evil. You could pray to certain demonics, the demons of the Tuat, he called them, Egyptian, that were there to help you. Uh, you could call on them to resist the other demons, to protect you, and so on. Um, is every single demon that's out there bad? Is every single angel good? So uh, you had the jinn, mm-hmm. which roughly is a lot like what we see with the fairy folk, the fae in Celtic mythology, is that they could be very good, they could be very benevolent, they could also be horrifying. Uh, so it all depended on what mood you caught them in. So boil it all down, I guess, is that uh, I I believe that there is probably some spiritual attack. I don't know where it comes from. I'm going to set that aside for a minute. I don't need to know that at the moment. All I know is that if you do things I believe that are right and good, and I'm not talking, Rocky, I'm not talking the banal, are you good or are you evil? Right, right. Do you wear white or do you wear black? You know, it's not that kind of stupidity. I'm talking about, are you doing things that are for the better, the good, and you're working toward that end, and you're standing up for something? Uh, because if you do, you will get resistance. And why is it we get resistance when we see that? Is that all a product of our psyche? Is it all anthropology? As soon as you do something that resists one end, say, politically, you're going to get resistance. Um, so. I think the que- you probably are receiving some, 
I would say spiritual intervention on both a positive and a negative side. Maybe there are those things we talked a little bit. We hit about, did, did you and I talk about this? I don't know if we talked about it, or if we talked about it on my show where um, I'm not one of those who's a big angel believer, like guardian angels. Yeah. We talked about it. Mm-hmm. You and I talked about mm-hmm. it because I talk about, uh, that's when I brought in my mom's story, right? There are things that we could probably point to and maybe a hell of a lot of things we don't even know we ever came close to being dismembered or die or, or, or whatever, because something is there protecting us. Um, I also think, though, she can get the attacks, uh, the, the, the darts and arrows. So just like in the physical realm, you believe that we have both good and negative entities that mm-hmm. could positively or negatively influence our physical life. Yes. I used to resist pretty heavily, and I got in trouble theologically for this. Dude, you were a resistor, bro? Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, in my meek, mild-mannered way. Brother, resist. Resist. Hey. Resist. Um, so, you got to draw it back. (laughs) Do something with it. Um, But I used to get in trouble because we were taught theologically that the nature of humanity is intrinsically evil. That uh, it's a sin nature. We're born with a sin nature. And that sin nature sends us to hell no matter what, unless we put the stops on it by accepting Jesus Christ as our Savior. That's what we were taught in the Baptist Church. It's funny you say that, though, because this week, folks, Scotty and I are going to talk about Amun-Ra, or Amun-Ra, however you say it. And that was one of his biggest things. The second you were born, you were born into sin. Yes. This is deep. We're gonna. I don't know what day it's gonna be, but it's gonna be this week because I, I was sorry, Scotty. I, I was right. intrigued by watching this documentary on why we say Amen at the end of prayer, and then I looked up uh, Amun, and then uh, Amun merged with the sun or whatever, and became Amun Ra. And it, it, it's just crazy shit. Uh, but yes. go ahead, Scotty. Go ahead. Well, um, we have that where we say we're born with a sin nature. I used to say. Well, if God created everything good, how could I have an evil nature? Right. If it says God, the Bible goes way out of its way to say God was not the creator of evil. Uh, uh, that, But then again, he created everything that they themselves chose to go evil. So the question, I would say if God created me good, the answer theologically to that was, well, that he created it good, but Adam and Eve ruined it for the rest of time. Mm-hmm. Because in Adam, everybody now has a sin, sin nature because we're from Adam. And I would say, wouldn't it seem evil then for a holy God to attribute to me thousands of years after he created Adam and Adam fell? Why would he hold me responsible for Adam's sin? That doesn't seem holy to me, um, and it doesn't seem righteous. But there's all these theological questions mm-hmm. you put in there. So um, uh, I tend to think we're not born with a sin nature. I think that we are born with the ability to make choices. That's where free will comes in. I think that when we're born, we're instantly influenced by negativity. Yes. I don't think we're born with sin. I think we're born in a world. You know, you talked about the history of this planet and the history of mankind. Dude, yeah. we, we've done some pretty sinister shit, dude. Uh, you know, I mean, everybody focuses on the United States on the bad things, the United States done, but you know, like yourself and the amount of uh, research you have done Roberts in regards to history on this planet, you can attest that this shit's been going on in, uh, you know, since a, the beginning, since the beginning at a global scale, you know what I'm saying? So it's not just right. the United States. What's up? Well, what happened at the very beginning, even in the biblical story, the 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 first the first kids on the planet, uh, Cain and Abel, Cain murders his brother. So the nature is there, the ability to do things is there. But I think there's also a deeper story to that than what we're led on to. And right. theological speak, theologically speaking, let me just add this: mm-hmm. is that when we were taught that there was a sin nature, it tied into the Savior. Why do you need a savior if you don't have a sin nature? Was the question I asked. 
Uh, so you had to have a sin nature in order for if the Christ, the Messiah, that didn't have to come and die for the sins of the world if we weren't born into sin. It's if I could come to God on my own and do good things to win my way to eternal life, as God, you know, does a little checklist, mm-hmm. naughty and nice checklist. Um, if I could do like good Santa things, Claus, bro. Yeah. Well, that came up the other day in our family. Uh-oh. Naughty, nice oh, thing uh, that Santa sees everything we're doing. Naughty and nice. Oh. And I, I think it was uh, Rowan that said, just like Jesus. Good. And I said, well, yeah, I guess you got me there. But uh, um, this question of if I could do things to earn my salvation, earn my way to heaven. Jesus didn't have to die if I can earn it myself. Okay. What, what is it I'm earning? Uh, what, what did he have to die for if I can earn it myself? That's the theology we had uh, that stated that. And so that's why some people, like I think some of the stuff Jeff teaches, is, is you don't need a Savior because you are your own Savior. Your own but Google. then that, that is the opposite of biblical theology. That flips that on its ear. So you have to make a choice. Am I indoctrinated to this? Am I indoctrinated to that? What is it I believe? Um, So those are the big questions that we don't have real answers to. I think it'll be an endless debate. You know what I'm saying? It will be. It It will be. And yeah, you just hate to say I'm going to end up being on the, what if you die and you find you're on the wrong side of the debate? (laughs) Well, you know, I look look at it like this, debate or not. I think we have that. Like you said, God has given us the opportunity of choice, right? Um, I I don't think it's whether we stand biblically strong or follow a certain theology or, or, you know, however, I I think it's who we are as an individual, how compassionate we are, how much we do for the person next to us, how much we judge or not judge. I think that is our ticket in our passageway to wherever we go when we die. I don't think it's because we believe or disbelieve what a certain book says that was written by a man from people who claim to have talked to God. You know what I'm saying, bro? What's up? I do. Now I look at guys, if you took this into the political realm, I look at guys like uh, somebody I've grown to hate, almost hate uh, uh, politically, is uh, Adam Schiff. Oh, dude. I look at this guy and I have no respect for him at all. But then I have to, I have to stop and I have to ask myself, does he love his wife and children? Uh, does he do good things in his neighborhood? Does he help people? Did he get into Congress because he wanted to help people and do something good? Has that corrupted him? What drives somebody? And I'm not saying Trump is right or wrong or Schiff is right or wrong, but we already know mm-hmm. Schiff lives, lies like a rug, as we used to say. So does somebody who lie the way he does, is he doing good? Does he believe he's doing Is he lying because he believes he is doing the right thing, or is he lying because he just wants the power grab? Uh, he's playing the political game. And there's the question, would you, Rocky, would you lie if you knew it was to accomplish a good end, if it was to save your family or your country? Would you lie to save your country? Dude, I've lied for a lot less, bro. What's up? Yeah. So what's Adam Schiff doing? If you and, and the only reason I'm bringing up, don't anybody think I'm going soft on Adam Schiff? It's, no, we it's get the point. Yep. Pull yourself back and say, what have you lied about? What are the things you've ever been under attack for? Does Adam Schiff real? Is he a liar or is he a true believer? And so, therefore, the ends justifies the means. That's you know, question. I think that's a valid point. You know, it, it's how much does like uh, we can look at Cortez. Does she truly yep. believe that this world will end in 12 years, or was she selectively picked to create this hysteria within our nation to, again, empower corporations and flow trillions of dollars through our financial system? Folks, who bottom of the hour, the Situation Room got the big cannoli here, Scotty Roberts, and of course, me, the emotional meatball, Rocky Stucci. Welcome, everybody. We are talking about spiritual warfare. When we come back, more to come. Ladies and gentlemen, Mojo50Radio.com. Stand by.
You know, I think this is a conversation that, you know, we can literally have. I, I don't know, Scotty. You know, I think sometimes when we talk about spiritual warfare, this is something that you need to light up a couple good cigars, sit around a campfire. Oh, yeah. Because there's so many different cases that we could bring up and say, do you think there was spiritual warfare going on? You know, I bring up all the time about treatment centers. People that are chronically addicted to something, they, they literally lose a part of their soul while they're going through this transition. And a huge part of that, you know, and, and even doctors will attest to this in that current situation, it's a spiritual thing because we don't just lose faith spiritually, but we lose faith in ourselves. And I believe that is yeah. a form of spiritual warfare. You know what I'm talking about? I do. I, I do. do. I do. Folks, by the way, this program is brought to you by Kick-Ass Beef Jerky. Go to kickassbeefjerky.com, scroll through their site, use code word meatball, all lowercase, and get 10% off any of your beef jerky purchases. Perfect time for this time of year. Uh, we got Christmas coming up. You can buy gift packages and a whole bunch of other cool stuff. Kickassbeefjerky.com, lowercase meatball for your 10% off discount. Roberts. Yes. I, you know, there are times I want to just put a pipe in my mouth. I've, I've got a pipe collection over there. Oh, I don't smoke my pipes very much anymore, but you smoke a pipe and you sit down and have conversations like you want to take the pipe and you want to go, yes, Rocky, but, you know, have you examined the existential crisis you might be in at the moment? Oh. You know, and, you know, this is the kind of stuff you want to talk about. And, you know, let me ask you something. Bro. Um, is there anything biblically that references reincarnation? Um, yes, vaguely. I couldn't give you chapter and verse off the top of my head. I've known these before. I've written articles on this stuff before and talked about it before. Did I just say talked? Yeah, don't worry about it. I felt it because, you know, it's an East Coast thing. You know what I'm saying, bro? I felt this. Give me a hug, Roberts. Can't help myself sometimes. Don't worry about it. So so I talked about this lately. I talked about this. uh, Or a while back. And it's that idea that, uh, uh, so I can't name chapter verse, but there are things in Scripture that seem to support reincarnation. And they're vague enough that you say, am I just reading into that? Because there's so many other things in Scripture that say just the opposite, it seems. So that's a study all by itself. Maybe we'll bring some of that up with Amon Ra. I'll have to go refresh my memory on it. But there's nothing outright in Scripture that says, you know, you will reincarnate. Um, But there are things that look like it's hinting at it. And so that Jesus himself, I've heard people say Jesus himself talked about reincarnation. Um, I'd have to look that stuff up again and refresh my memory. Okay, so I want to I want to bring something up here. <laughs> bring it. Um, a, a recent article came up uh, from the Mirror. Now I don't know for sure how credible the Mirror is, but I know I I double checked the story is in other sites, but it, this is just the site that I happen to have pulled up. And um, the headline of the article: Boy at four years old tells mum m u m obviously because they're all across the pond tells mum that he remembers her miscarriage where he died and returned. Now, listen to this, Roberts. He says, no, Mommy, I came to your tummy, and then I died. I went looking for you, but I couldn't find you. I went to your house. I went everywhere, but you couldn't hear me, and I called you. So then I was sad, but then I became an angel. I missed you so I wanted to come back to you. So then I was a baby in your tummy again. And then I was born again. Interesting. It is interesting from a four-year-old child. Now, so I always have this question first when we hear about these reincarnation stories of children this young. It's very difficult to train a child this young to speak such language like this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They they pick it up, though. I do know this. I'm not casting doubt on the story, but I've got a little four-year-old. And she's pretty bright, uh, mostly because she's got, you know, I think a fairly bright mom and dad, and she's got an older brother and sister who are who are pretty with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's a pistol, you know. And uh, she says some of the funniest stuff. There are sometimes dreams that she has where you go, I look at my wife and I go, where did she get that? And yet they they watch TV. They pick stuff up, up stuff up off a TV. Um. So you wonder where they're picking things up. 
where they're developing, you know, and then they've got the, she's got the older brother and sister who are into all kinds of other things because they're older and uh, they, she picks up stuff mm-hmm. off of them. She picks up stuff off of books we read. And it's funny, you know, I'll read a, a storybook to my kids and, uh, you know, a year later I'll have a kid saying something that like what happened in that book. So you never know where they picked it up or, I'm sure there's people listening here that will say that's genuine. You ask Nancy Planeta, you know, what she thinks about that stuff. You ask uh, Sarah Soderlund what she thinks about that stuff. That stuff is all very real. So I don't know. I, this whole reincarnation thing, boy, I, I, you know, as close as I've come to believing that there's reincarnation in my life is when all kinds of shit happens all the time and you go, man. I must have been like a feudal overlord in a past life that raped my tenants' wives and sold their children into slavery or something, and I'm paying back for it in this life, you know, or something like that. Who the hell knows? Maybe it's spiritual warfare, bro. Ask a Buddhist. Ask a Taoist. Oh, by the way, part of this documentary was that, oh, come on, Rocky, where was it that before Jesus really, because we only know a lot about Jesus after he was what, 30 years old, 31 years old, right? Pretty much. There was a professor back in the day, and I'll have all this information, but he claimed, I think Jesus traveled to India. I've heard that. And I've uh, got a book up here called Jesus in Kashmir. Yeah, studied Buddhism just to understand the Buddhist beliefs. And uh, I found that to be interesting. I don't know why I just brought that up. Well, but it just It's interesting. They say those silent years mm-hmm. between the last you see of Jesus as a kid, he's 12. And that's where his parents went off. They were leaving Jerusalem and he went to the temple and they have to backtrack because they can't find him anywhere. And the caravan going back, they go back, they find him in the temple and he's He's commiserating with the priests and the rabbis in the temple. And they're all wrapped attention to what he has to say. And his mom like is like, where the hell were you? We were looking everywhere for you. And Jesus' answer was, he says, didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? And so who knows if that's an apologetic added into the story by his followers, if it actually happened. But that's the last we hear of Jesus until he's 30 years old. And what happens when he's 30? There's that wedding at Cana. That's where he performs the miracle of turning the water into wine, which I think was the first miracle of his public ministry. So what did he do for 18 years? Um, There are people, there is a scene in, uh, and I just mentioned this on my own show the other night, a scene where Jesus went back to Nazareth during his ministry and all the townsfolk are going, hey, and he's saying his Messiah, you know, and the people are like, we know who this guy is. This is this is the carpenter's kid. Now, are they saying that because they remember him growing up there or because they go, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is this is that that carpenter's kid. What? How could you be the Messiah? Is it was there a big gap of 18 years? Was there a gap of two months? You know, nobody knows for sure. Have you ever heard that? Mary and Joseph were Egyptian. Have you ever heard anything like that? I've heard that. Uh, I know they they went and got a house down in Egypt, and we know that much. Uh, we do know that, you know, I've heard these stories. I hear all these theories. Mm-hmm. And then you look at it and you go, look, if you, just, if you go to the biblical text, Mary was related to Elizabeth. That was her aunt, I think, who was the mother of John the Baptist. They were Jewish. Ananias, I think, was her husband, or Zechariah. I, I can't remember without reviewing it, uh, but he was an old dude. And then there was, and they had John the Baptist, and John the Baptist was the cousin of Jesus. And uh, uh, John the Baptist was Jewish; he was Israel Israelite. So Joseph, uh, we don't know what his last name was, but uh, he lived in Nazareth. I'm going to see while you're talking, Roberts, so if I can find yeah. that picture. Um, that we was it was sent to us from the site where they believed in Israel, where John the Baptist did the baptisms or he preached or something yeah. like that. And somebody sent us a paranormal picture. And, oh, you're uh, talking about that one with the swirl in it? Yes, yes. I'm going to see if I can find that real quick. So go and ahead. And I tried to unswirl it so I could see. There was a series of pictures, folks, that was taken on this site in Israel. Um, 
And the image was, they had a 20 images from this, this little uh, grotto, this little site. And there was one picture alone that had this big swirl in it. And I mean, where everything was like, there was a central vortex that swirled. And in the middle of that, you see this woman, what looks like the feet of the women of a woman at the bottom and something all pardon me. I hit my mic, something all swirly. And I tried to unswirl that and uh, in Photoshop. And I got the image of a woman standing there, but there was a picture before that. And after that, that didn't show this woman. So, uh, and it wasn't high res, so I had a lot of trouble uh, getting any clarity out of it. But you could definitely see the sandaled feet. Yeah, I got to uh, say, dude, it was probably one of the more fascinating, um, you know, pictures we're really weird about. You know, you yeah. are, I am, I'm just really weird. There's so many different factors when it comes to photography and the paranormal that can debunk even an authentic picture. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And uh, I've got to contact uh, the woman again on this and see if I can get that picture from her in high res. It's been over a year since I since I got that. I think it was uh, I think it was in Utah. What, what are uh, you talking about? That picture last fall? Yeah. No, that was from a local guy here in Hudson. Oh, Tall Paul. Remember Tall Paul? Yeah, that was sent to us from a local buddy here. Uh, come on, Rocky, find it. I'm, I'm wasting valuable airtime here. But people oh, have in, to see. In, in Hudson, yeah. Um, um, his they live in Hudson. Yep, and I yeah. believe his wife is friends with Rainy too. Kelly, so, Kelly, yeah. yeah. Do you have Roberts? Do you have that picture anywhere in your? Comp- no, oh. I don't even know if I want you to try to find it. If if I do, I don't know where it is. I didn't label it, and it's probably in a photos file somewhere. I ran across it not long ago, but I think it's on a disc now. So, no, oh, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it. You know, uh, and while I'm doing this, oh, wow, there's the merman picture. Unbelievable. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, if you're looking back in our picture, yeah. I have a fear that if I open that up on this computer, I'm going to crash my yep, computer. Don't even do anything. So. One of my one of my things that I questioned, um, before we had our oldest son, Rocky Jr., um, Lisa had a miscarriage at almost five months, and it was just a horrifying experience. And, you know, yeah. anybody who's ever experienced that, I mean, our hearts, man, go out to you because, sure. I mean, just horrific. And it was weird because, you know, I asked other, you know, spiritual teachers what their thoughts are in regards to what happens to children that, you know, were aborted, that were that old, right? Do they have souls? Do they grow? Do they, do they get older? Because as my oldest son started to grow and and become, you know, older, he would always come upstairs and tell us that he kept hearing like a kid in his room. And, oh. and he was very believable in his conviction. And so I went down there one time and with the spirit box and I started doing EVPs in the room and yeah. lo and behold, I was getting EVPs of a child and I really? just, and I just found the picture. All um, right. So let me go here. I got to make sure there's no nudie pictures coming up here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so that was my biggest question. Roberts is, is. When I was picking up in that room, could that have been just manifested because I wanted it to be something? Uh, yeah. Was there authentically some kind of afraid child spirit that was here at this home because he felt safe here? Uh, you know, could it have been the baby that Lisa lost that just it spiritually stayed with sure. us? Because my that was my question, and nobody can give me an answer. You know, only thing that people can give me is a theory. On what they spiritually believe and what nobody happens. Knows. Nobody, nobody knows. Nobody knows. So, Scotty, now, I know you're not going to be able to see this. Right. But I'm going to show the picture here. Now, the first picture I'm going to show is where you kind of, you'll see the room swirling. Now, I believe this, the swirl, because a camera can't do this. And when Scotty first no, got this yeah. picture, he proved the picture to be authentic. It was not Photoshopped. It was not touched it was not some kind of app to make it look like this. So I believe that there was some kind of vortex going on here. And on the right bottom part of the picture, you're going to see, I'm just going to show it to you guys. Here we go. And I do apologize to those that are just listening um, that you're not going to be able to see this, but you can just go to the YouTube channel and watch the video. So here it is. As you guys can see here, it looks like a lady wearing a dress and Scotty, there's other pictures that you clarified. Now, this is where John the Baptist, they believed in Israel, 
uh, did his preaching or whatever it was, the, the rack right here. So they have it all okay. closed off now. And Scotty did this with his pictures. What you can see looks like a lady wearing a dress. You can almost see a slit in the dress here. And there's other pictures where you can actually see the feet, like in sandals. And if you look, you can see a face. You can see big black hair. And it almost looks like she's wearing like a... Something on her head, headdress, and like and, a headdress or something. Yeah. Let me see what we have here. And like that, a, it was like a veil that would cut that came down like like this yep. on the sides of her face. Now here is the picture itself with the rest of the picture taken out, strictly just of the woman. Again, you can see a face. You can see a big black hair, almost like Egyptian hair, Roberts. So, you know, like middle. Yep. You know, uh, you can see like a headdress and even like a you know, like a cape. I don't know the right terminology yeah. for it. Robe. Robe. Like she's enrobed, yeah. And it almost looked like in one of the pictures, I don't know if it was this one, but you can almost see like a necklace on her. Yeah. And uh, can I zoom in on this? I don't know how to do this kind of stuff. Um, and then again, you can see toes in this picture here. If you're looking close enough, you can see toes. And I don't have it in front of me. Did you find it in our messenger? Exchange? No, I, I had this uh, shared okay. in my Google Photos. All right. So, yeah, pretty fascinating stuff, man. Uh, to me, it is. To me, that is probably one of the more fascinating pictures that I just sit back and I'm like, damn, dude, that's intense. Right? And he sent us the pictures, the series mm -hmm. to show what was before and after that shot. Almost in the same, he took a few shots right there, and there's nothing else. There's none of that swirling. There's none of that. I have never seen a swirl like that effect mm -hmm. happen with a camera lens. The only um, other place I've seen something similar, but not close to that, but similar would be the uh, Burlington Vortex up in Wisconsin. Okay. There. Um, you know, they claim there's a vortex there and, and not so much the swirl, but I brought one of the best cameras I had and, and the picture just would not take, or the camera just would not take the good pictures. pictures. Your wife showed me. From up in Burlington, mm -hmm. you guys taking a little camping trip Yep, were extraordinary. Just at a campfire. They're all just sitting around the campfire and stuff. I'm telling you, I looked at that stuff and I go, you've got to be kidding me. And that's just from pictures. You took. You, you weren't experiencing anything. No. You just took pictures of it. Um, And, and yeah, right. Because it's so what was shown in those pictures was not happening in real time, you know, to, right. for what we could see or experience. Um, and we got a lot of EVPs, man. And almost like some alien shit was coming through. It was really weird. I mean, there were figures rising above the fire. I'm not talking about these lame, stupid campfire pictures I see all the time. Oh, look, there's a Native American Indian in full headdress coming out of the fire. He must be the spirit of the waters. And it's like, whatever. Yeah. This is picture after picture after picture of things not in the fire all the time up above moving through the background of the picture and stuff and i have, know, a, I have uh, a, I what have is a, it your wife is she is she extremely sensitive bro extremely sensitive. Extreme, okay. yeah that's why she don't go on investigations with me now uh -oh, I'm showing she a, doesn't read minds does she no yes maybe i don't know <laughs> so i'm showing another picture right now the first thing i want you to look at is there seems to be an object over here. I don't know for sure if that's a tree or not. I actually just kind of figured it out. You're not seeing this guy. And it looks like there's like skeleton hands here. This was from the Burlington Vortex, one of these pictures. Now, you can see me. If you see my mouse at the bottom right of the screen, you see me sitting there on a log. And right next to me, I'm circling the face, and you see a very long arm. It looks like an alien creature or some kind of a creature from the abyss or something. Um, this is the stuff that we're experiencing, folks. So you see like an alien face, a very long arm, almost going down to its knee, standing right next to me. And I had no idea that that creature or whatever that thing is was standing right next to me. And there are a lot of cases at Burlington with with UFOs and yep. aliens. So, And isn't this the same place where there's the lake? Over the there pyramid. where they say there's a pyramid down under the lake and what they've up? seen shapes down there and, you know, things like, uh, isn't it also in the, in the lake in Burlington, Wisconsin, where they thought they found the, uh, the, what was it? A, a mammoth carved in the side of a stone under the lake. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, Stuff the problem like that, is so. what we're dealing with in Burlington right now 
is you have a bunch of yahoos out there that yep. aren't letting real archaeological work being done, and they're going out yeah. and playing archaeologist. Um, you actually had somebody, I won't say a name, but you actually had somebody on your program that claimed yeah. to have found a mummified finger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so if somebody did think they were finding something that could support a claim of like ancient Mayans being all the way up in northern, you know, Wisconsin, yeah. then you think that they would have just left that object there and they would have called in a university that had an archaeological team that could have came in and documented that and validated I the authenticity authenticity of that, you know? Yeah. I know you, you and John were pissed, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was on our show and I wasn't uh you know, we treated her with respect, but at the same time it's like, okay. Let's be done with this show now. So, all right. So that's all I got, bro. Oh, so there so what are. are your what are your thoughts when I was referring to the miscarriage thing? Um, again, oh, it's uh, it's again. a theory. I get it. I get nothing yep. can be proven. So, what is your heart tell you? Let's say somebody had a miscarriage. Does that baby stay that age? What happens to the spirit of that child? I I just don't know. That's the problem. We don't know. We experience things, but experiencing them, you don't know what you're experiencing. Are you experiencing the spirit or the soul or the ghost of a little child? Are you experiencing something that wants you to believe it's that little child? Are you experiencing an interdimensional being? Well, which I guess almost becomes synonymous with ghost or spirit. They're interdimensional beings. Mm -hmm. What are you experiencing? Who's talking to you? Who's giving you that information? Uh, when I've had contacts from the other side, uh, is that what we're getting? Is it from the other side or is it from another dimension? Is it somebody that's faking? Is it what they say, theolite? Oh, it's just a demon, you know, masquerading. I don't know. We don't know for sure. That's the problem. Has, there is no way to nail it down. Has anybody that you've ever worked with in the past in the paranormal field. Um, have they believed, cause there's a, there's a lot of people in the field that are extremely religious people. I mean, their, yeah. their whole support when they go into these locations, what they're up against has to do with their biblical ideology. Right. Um, yeah. and how they combat that spiritual warfare at some of these haunted homes is through their biblical beliefs. Right. Um, why is it that when we research things like this, we're not able to put down what we have been indoctrinated to believe to go? Because I believe the more indoctrinated we are and the more stubborn we are in that belief system, then we're not capable of opening our minds enough to truly understand what it really is. So to some people, everything yeah. is biblical in the paranormal field. Um, why is it? that people in the paranormal field constantly feel they're up against demons. You know, I think number one, because I think it's cool. I think that's by the line, bro. That's probably 98% of it right there. Oh, we encountered the demonic. Um, and I think that they probably would piss their pants. If they, I was just going to say, if they actually encountered something demonic, they would never brag about that shit again, bro. That's so. right. And they would stay as far away from it as they could. Damn right. Now, I'm out of ghost hunting now. <laughs> um, I, so so it really, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm being repetitive. You don't know what you're getting. You don't really know. Has anybody been to the other side and back? Has anybody been to uh, um, another dimension? And been able to really tell us what it is we're experiencing. I got a, I get a hell of a lot of people that go, you know what that really is? It's this. And I'm like, BS. I said, you don't know what I don't it know really a damn thing. No. Nope. How do you know? How can you nail that down? Well, because it's consistent with this scripture I read. Mm. It's like, so what? That doesn't make any difference. So you found you're going by something that was taught to you theologically. Do you know that's what that is? You know, I think that's one of my biggest problems with modern day paranormal TV. Um, a whole bunch yeah. of shows, of course, it's October, so we're kicking off on a whole bunch of new paranormal shows. Or, you know, Jason Hawes has a new show. Ghost Hunters is back. Ghost Adventures has a new series. Uh, a couple other people are starting some new shows. I, I love watching them. Don't get me wrong. I am not I kicking too. them. I love watching these shows. 
But I believe that a lot of times that they actually misrepresent what they're doing. And I, I don't think it's fair to the people that are actually doing really strong research. Um, I, I, you know, because they do, they're, they're always using the, the, the demon word, the demonic word, uh, uh, the possession word. I'm possessed. We need to have an exorcism type of thing. And, and I get it sells Roberts. I really, really do. Sure. I get it sells because if you actually did a paranormal show where they actually did real scientific shit, it would be boring. Oh, yeah. It would be boring as hell. It would be, um, you know, I watched this show recently, uh, with my wife and kids. It was called, it was from Canada called Knock Knock Ghost. Oh. Have you ever seen that one? No, bro. What's up? Uh, I think it was on uh, Amazon that I found it. And they had two seasons there. And it was this uh, comedian. He was, it was like a stand up comedian, big guy uh, who was gay. And his assistant in the show was this little tranny guy, oh. little pipsqueaky tranny guy. He wasn't tranny in the first season, but he was dreadfully gay. And then in the second season, he was tranny. And uh, uh, then they have a researcher. And it was a really well done show. It was done with a lot of humor. And they approached everything they did. They did great investigations, but they did it with a sense of humor. And uh, so it was really well done. But uh, yeah, so I get tired of these shows too. Yeah, they can, and, uh, no, they they can't shut up because I like them. I actually like a lot yeah. of people in them too. We're we're both mutual friends with a lot of people in these shows, and yeah, they're yeah. really really good people. And, and this is something that I ask people: put your beliefs aside. This is legitimately entertainment, right? So they do real cool stuff. They get some fascinating EVPs. That's the stuff I love: is the yeah. EVPs. But you got to understand it's TV. TV needs ratings because without ratings, they're not going to get the advertising. So just understand that part of it when you watch these TV shows. Scotty Roberts, dude, we're down to 30 seconds, folks. We catch are. the big freaking cannoli every Monday through Friday, 9 o'clock Central Standard Time on his YouTube channel, Mr. Scotty Roberts, Mr. All Spelled Out, 9 o'clock Central Standard Time, or catch him on Odyssey One.com, Odyssey Radio, and, of course, us, Mojo 5 Radio. Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, Roku TV, and broadcast it around the world, the Situation Room. Why do we do this, folks? Because we love the hell out of you. That's why we do it. Again, grateful for all your support with the face stuff going on. We love the hell out of each and every one of you folks. Rule number one, don't take shit from nobody. Love you guys. Good night, everybody. Live long and prosper.